Welcome to the Child Care Business Professionals Podcast. I'm Evelyn Knight. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining me again today. So today is part two from my interview with Tiffany Olivas from the Department of Education in Nevada. And today it was a wonderful interview. I'm really excited for you to hear about. We discuss mental health for early childhood professionals. We touch a lot on teachers in the classroom, but mostly on people in managerial positions like owners and directors. So you're definitely going to want to listen to this entire interview. Next week, I do also have an interview with Christine Mailer, who is my business advisor. And she has some amazing suggestions for directors and owners on how to make your center profitable while you maintain quality. I will not make you wait any longer. Here is the interview. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk about mental health for providers and directors. I know before we started recording, that's something that we were talking about, which is something we really just don't see or talk about enough. What are what are you seeing and uh, what are your opinions on that? Um, well, I think, so what I'm saying is exhaustion yes and and a feeling of being completely overwhelmed and i have to say i have i've been a teacher i've been a director um i've done almost everything in early childhood and when i say is the hardest job Mm -hmm. i mean i mean that what i do now is cake yeah you know i mean working with adults is really easy right um the the balance that you have to have um, with children being a good example. I mean, it's almost like you have to, I mean, it's, it's nearly impossible to turn off your emotions and, um, oh, today is a chaotic day, but I can't look like I'm stressed out because I have to continue being a professional. And that's really not normal. You're not going to find that in like any other profession. Right. You know, I mean, right now, if I have a bad day, I can vent to my, my supervisor and it's accepted, it's received and it's wonderful. Early childhood folks don't always have that out. Right. You know, they can't leave the room. They can't take a break. They can't go get caught. You know, they don't have those opportunities. And so, um, you know, it is very, very overwhelming. It's a tough job. I mean, when I say there needs to be mental health supportive services, um, for early childhood, like I mean that more than anything. I, I, right. I, and there's a complete lack of it, which amazes me. I mean, you talk to a parent who has one child, and yes. they're like, "This is the hardest right. job I've ever right. had to do with one, and then with two. Oh my gosh, it's three. And you know that, and you're just you like, just get to little, yes. oh yeah. Imagine right that you have twelve right by yourself, yeah by yourself. And not, and you don't have the out of being like, right. oh my gosh, my kids are driving me nuts. I'm going to turn the TV and on you can't and say walk that. away. Right. As a parent, you can say like, my kids are just driving me nuts today. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you can, I know for me, with my children are young, I could call my mom or my mother-in-law mm-hmm. and like, hey, I just need a break. Or give them your phone yeah. and just say, exactly. play a game You could put a movie something. on. You could just do, right. But as a provider, nope. first of all, you're almost shamed if you admit it, mm-hmm. right? People are almost Absolutely. shame you for saying it out loud. And uh, you don't get that break. You, I mean, there's, and I know, especially for in-home providers, 
there's times where they can't even go to the bathroom by themselves. Yeah. So, I yeah, I, d- I did in home first, and I would say it's harder than, uh-huh. oh, like, my center here has 130 children. It was probably harder doing an in-home than yeah. it is running a center of 130 children. Yeah. Because you just... Agreed. I did family child care yes. also, and I was, it was just like... And it's also like a 10-hour day. Yes. Well, and parents take advantage. (laughs) Yep. They know you're at home. So like, Mm -hmm. hey, I'm just going to run to the grocery store. And um, there's that, uh, I don't know, there's definitely a safety behind the business. Mm -hmm. But it's, I totally agree with you. It just, um, one of the things here, and I don't know if it's because I have been a teacher, I've I've pretty much held every position in a center, Mm -hmm. but mental health is really important to us. So uh, we always stay overstaffed by two or three people. That way, if our staff does need to step out, they know they can call somebody. They know that there's, and and I acknowledge that with them on a regular basis that like, hey, I know your job is hard. Mm -hmm. So if you get to that point where you feel totally overwhelmed, let us know. If Mm -hmm. you need a mental health day, be honest and tell me, I need a mental health day because that is a huge priority for us. But as I... And you're rare. I I know. Yeah. That is just not even an option in in many early childhood programs to be able to, yeah, say like, I need a mental health day. But no, I mean, you know, we're talking about a profession like unless you are so sick, you cannot drive your butt to school or to the school that day. You need to come in. Right. Because we have ratios to keep and we don't overstaff like maybe you do because they don't have the money to overstaff. Right. And so that's just never, I mean, that's just not a reality. Right. You know, and I think a lot of times when people are calling and saying, I am so sick, I cannot drive to school or to the work today, then I bet half the time it's probably it mental, mental health, health day. Right. Which, and or they're making themselves sick exactly. because they're so overwhelmed. Well, I think work. that's a big one is that we make ourselves sick mm-hmm. because, and I also see on the opposite end of that, the teachers who feel such a sense of responsibility that they, they really just get it. They understand mm-hmm. how important their job is. So they get to the point where they will not call in when they should be. Mm-hmm. Or they won't admit they need the mental health. I, and I think sometimes they won't admit it to themselves that mm-hmm. they need the mental health day because they're so committed to the children. And they also don't want to let us down. Like mm-hmm. I know uh, for Brandy and I, I think we also feel like sometimes they, uh, the staff might feel like they're letting her and I down. Right. So they won't call in when they really should mm-hmm. or they won't ask for help. And I don't know. I think sometimes that's just a f- women. We don't. We feel like if we're asking for help. Then we're it's showing weakness or we're yes, failure, right? Yes. So uh, something I've really tried to train on too now is like, I would rather you come to me and tell me, hey, I'm really struggling with this. I'm not going to look at you in any other way. Uh, you know, like I'm not going to look down at you or think mm-hmm. you're less of a teacher because you need help. Actually, I think that's a huge strength, but I do think that's rare. Mm-hmm. I know when I was a teacher in a classroom, I did not get that kind of support no. at all. And it, instead it was the opposite where... Um, I remember my third day in a classroom, I was left alone with six infants and I was a new mom too. And I had never been, uh, I had been a nanny, but I was, and I was very young, you know, and, uh, there was like four crying babies and I was just trying to get to all of them. And one of the children had dropped their sippy cup on the floor and the director came in and just started yelling at me for that sippy cup being on the floor. And I just, um, I can be sassy. So I did tell her, I'm like, you know, instead of criticizing me, you could help. You could do something. And it Pick was, it just, but it was like my third day working there. And I was just kind of like, are you kidding me? I'm yeah. sitting here trying, you know, I've got six crying babies. I'm by myself and you're going to nitpick me over a cup on the floor. So yeah. I think that's where I've gotten a lot of my philosophies and why I try mm-hmm. to promote a more healthy mental environment 
but as much as we even try to promote that, it's still, I still see the struggle. Yeah. I still, you know, and because it is just a hard job. It is. Right. And it's such a committed job. Mm -hmm. And since we're caring for children, I think that teachers feel like if I do take some time off, I'm letting my kids down. Mm -hmm. So they just get so committed. And then they also don't want to let their coworkers down. Yeah. Because if you don't come to work, it's, it's someone's picking uh, up the slack. Exactly. Um, it's very hard, I think, for people. I mean, I just think in general, it's hard to talk about like just mental health altogether, right? right? It's, yes. it's a tough discussion, and nobody really wants to talk about that stuff now. It's finally, I think, I, I'm seeing like a turn, like it's more acceptable right. to have those conversations, but not in early childhood, right? Right. So you know, you've got one kid, and he is really making you angry, right? Yeah. I mean, really, truly angry. Pushing your buttons, yeah. Oh, because he knows. Right. He knows the buttons to push. Is that acceptable to t- to say to someone? Right. No. I right, mean, right. You, you're shamed for it. Absolutely. Yeah. You, and then... And then you feel shame for it. Horrible shame. And you have to, you know, you have to have a conversation with the parent at pickup. Right. And how do you have... It's very difficult. I mean, and it takes a lot of skill or anger. to pull yeah. that emotion out of it. Like, he right. made me angry and that's not okay. Yeah. You can't say that to right. a parent. You have to phrase it like... You know, he had some challenges today and yes. maybe, you know, and so how much skill, I mean, that takes a lot of skill it does, to be yeah. able to have an appropriate conversation with a parent of a child who has made you feel so angry, you know, right. um, so we expect so much from we those do. teachers yeah. and so they, and they're not even, they're not even given this skill that no one's taught. Right. A lot of them are straight out of high school Young. or in high school. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, not even a ton of life experience right. behind them. Yes. And we have these incredible expectations for early childhood. And I think that it is just very overwhelming. Right. And you throw in the fact that, you know, generally they're making right. very low wages. Minimum wage. Yep. Um, maybe no benefits at all. Right. So their home life is uh, is kind of a wreck at times. Right. You know, I mean, maybe they're even struggling to pay their bills or yeah. get, keep food on the table for their own children, but yet they have to keep it all together right. at work. They have to be strong. It, and, yeah. It's just we, so overwhelming. It just yeah. breaks my heart. I mean, because they're doing such important work. We have so many expectations. Right. And yet we don't have simple supports in action in I place agree. for yes. them. And yep. it just, it's, I mean, and, and we wonder why there's so much turnover. <laughs> I so agree. And I think that's uh, something I've been studying a lot about lately because the biggest complaint I see from other directors is turnover. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when I'm reading through like just different Facebook groups of directors and I'm reading these comments and posts, they're not supporting their staff. Right. They are complaining about the things they complain about. First of all, I'm just kind of like, well, put yourself <laughs> in their shoes. And I know like most of directors have been, but it's like we get that disconnect mm-hmm. where um, the staff doesn't quite understand what the director is going through. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the director isn't seeing things from their staff's perspective either. Right. Uh, and in those terms, too, the directors have a ton of stress now. Yeah. And I know for me, one of the things that um, I struggled with early on, which I can help coach my staff through now, is that staff get so focused on just their classroom that they don't understand that a director is trying to juggle the entire building. Mm -hmm. So they get so focused on what their own classroom needs and wants that they don't see that the reason the director cannot 
accommodate you is because they have, you know, these other classrooms that that's not going to work for. Right. So I think where directors make a mistake in that area is they don't communicate that. Mm -hmm. If they just said, hey, I understand you need this, but I also have to think about this, this, and this. And if I give you your lunch at this time, then this person, this person, you know, it just, they have to, I think it's just if you explain to them that domino effect, if you help them to understand that you're running the center as a whole, it will take that stress off of the director and that the staff will get it mm-hmm. a lot more. It's just that. Right. Um, I mean, communication has a lot of power. It does. Yeah. It is. And, and, you know, as you're speaking, um, I keep thinking about, you know, where do you learn those skills? Yes. And, exactly. and directors are usually put into that position because they've gone, they've taken they the, were teachers. the units. Yes. You know, they have like the college credits yep. and then they're able to transition into being a director. Still, no additional skill or right. training right. on communicating with your staff or running a business right. or communicating with parents. And yes, I, I, right. I mean, this, and, and our industry is rare in that, in that we have people in management and even ownership where we don't have any business, you know, we have no business background. We don't know right. how to run a business, but essentially that is what a director is doing. They're mm-hmm. running a business Definitely. when they're usually just teachers who fit state criteria to become a director and they do have a passion for it, but usually they've got that teacher mindset and they don't really understand how to be a business person. Exactly. They ha- they have, they have the heart. Yes. They have the passion. Yeah. But running a business is something completely different. It's hard. Yeah, Yeah. it's very hard. And yeah, it's really hard keeping up with parents and, you know, the juggling everything. And um, so we do an annual staff meeting here. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really believe in being transparent with my staff because if they can understand where I'm coming from, they'll understand why am I telling them no to certain things? Why am I not doing certain things? Why do they make what they make? And in that annual staff meeting, I actually go over the entire, like, this is where our center sits right now. This is my budget for the year. This is how much money we took in last year. Very transparent. Very transparent. We show them like, these are the parents, you know, I don't actually show them names. Just like, this is the percentage of parents that left because they didn't pay their bill. Mm -hmm. And what I'm, I'm trying to help them understand is, where you're seeing your classroom, I'm basically juggling 19 employees and 180 families. And so I have to make all of those balls stay in the air, not just your classroom. But it really, really is, um, it was the game changer, I think, for my company when I made that shift. And I think that's where my employee retention and everything started to change. When I really empowered my employees too to understand what my job entails. Mm -hmm. It really helped them to um, just, I guess, be more cooperative. So it took Mm -hmm. that stress away from my portion of it, at least. But still the parents. So now we joke all the time, the toughest part of the job is the parents. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I know. It is. It is hard. Um, You know, recently, I, well, I guess it was about a year ago now, I had a program director who was very upset and um, I think a lot for her, a lot of it was QRIS keeps telling me I have to do this, right. but I can't feasibly do this. Yeah. And I have to manage, you know, my families and, and you know, the subsidy paperwork and the requirements right. for that. Yes. And then I have licensing and um, the fire marshal and yes. all of these and other people telling opposing. them what to yes. do. Yeah. And sometimes they conflict. They do oppose. Yes. Yes. And 
that's going to do nobody good, right? right? But um, this woman really had, and I I said, okay, well, I'm going to come and talk to you. And it was a curious program. And so her coach came and we sat there and this woman literally had an emotional breakdown in front of us. And it was, I mean, I get goosebumps even thinking about it because it was just so sad. Right. And honestly, there was nothing I can say to make her feel better. Right. Because the the job is really hard. Right. And managing everything that they have to do. Yep. And the responsibility of all the families that rely on them to work. And all the teachers that rely on them for pay. Right. And, I mean, she... She couldn't, she was just had a major breakdown and it just struck this chord in me. And I just felt like, wow, are we not, we're really missing something. We're off the mark here. Right. I totally agree. We have got to support our providers and our directors more because this is not normal. This is not healthy. Yep. And you have a director that's having an emotional breakdown. Right. And usually the owners are out of touch. Yes. And how are they supposed to support their teachers? Right. And be, and and give them, you know, the opportunity to communicate like you do with your staff. Right. If they are so, you know, wrapped up in this pain of all this stress and responsibility. And feeling like you're going to let everybody down. And then you have teachers who aren't sure they're even going to get paid. Right. And so what kind of teacher is that? Right. Yep. Oh, I've been there. That's why I, <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. it's horrible. And so we're, we... yep, I've been there. I mean, I think that pretty much summarizes my first five years as yeah. an owner director, but, um, and that's part of the reason I'm doing this and I'm starting, um, the business I'm starting is childcare business professionals uh-huh. because I know that pain and I've been there. I've, my children have seen me to the point where I've just like been on the floor crying because all these people were relying on me mm-hmm. for their paychecks. And I knew I had these families relying on me to go to work yeah. when all I really wanted to do was quit and never come back and never come back. I did. And I just, thank God I didn't quit now. And I, um, actually was introduced to this lady who's a business consultant and I basically told myself, okay, this is it. I'm going to hire her. If she can't save me and my business, I'm done. I'm going to quit. I'm shutting my doors. And, um, it was the best decision I ever made. And I realized I couldn't have done it without hiring her. So I literally worked with her side by side. I still work with her. Just she's now, I call her my accountability partner, but, um, she once a week for an hour a week, every Thursday, we work together on just how to be a man, like how to manage and how to be an owner and a director. And she taught me, first of all, that they're two different jobs and just how to get control back. Mm-hmm. And um, so she basically just really helped me not to just have that teacher mindset, which I see so many directors and owners getting stuck in and really saved the business. Not only did she um, turn my business around, but now I'm a thriving business. And I can tell you when I hired her, my husband was putting about $50,000 a year into Zoom to keep wow. my doors open. And he was literally funding it. He used to call this my um, very expensive hobby (laughs) to the point now where for the first time last year, I turned over a hundred thousand dollar profit. So he's, um, well, and I have to know. Are you paying him back? That's yeah. Oh yeah. He, he created a bill for me. He actually did. But, um, I actually have to know what the IRS considers a profit isn't what normal people like us consider a profit, but according to the IRS, I made that much, but, um, it's kind of interesting though, to me, just the stress release that I have now, the clarity I have now, 
and where I can see the mistakes I was making. And when I was in that place, um, I wish I had hired her years before, but that's part of what my goal is through all this is trying to help other owners and directors that were in that position and feel that absolute desperation. I'm hoping that I can help them know that they don't have to be there. It doesn't yeah. have to be that way. It's just, we have to learn how to be business people, which kind of, so exactly what that lady you're telling mm-hmm. me is going through that she's the exact type of person I'm hoping to help through all this. Well, and I hope that we can support you yeah. <laughs> to do that because it's really kind of a unique approach that right. we are taking. And, you know, we, uh, you know, for QRIS, you know, we really focus on like, you know, your environment and the materials and and, and we do, you know, policy and procedure stuff as right. well. But, you know, there's not a bunch of even quality indicators within QRIS that have to do with running a business. The business, right. And 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 what we do is, you know, like one-time training, you get credit for attending or, or yep. something like that. It's, yeah. it's not very, like, meaty, you know. Right. And I just, I think that what we need to do, I mean, we can't really have one without the other. Right. Yes. Because if you're failing in business, right. then you're failing. You're failing, right. Well, uh, and you're and even if you're not an owner director, if you're an owner that's failing and you're relying on a director to run your business and you're failing, it's really hard on the director who doesn't know how if she's mm-hmm. going to be able to pay her staff, if she's going to I've been that director yeah. in the middle and not knowing right, the whole story. Right. And it's a it's a bad feeling. It's bad. And it doesn't yeah. It doesn't help you become the leader that your teachers right. need you to yep. be yeah. um, if you're always, you know, worried or yes. kind of just a middleman. Well, and that's yeah. another thing my business advisors really helped me with um, is learning the difference between being an owner and a director, but also that those two have to be, they have to work together. Mm-hmm. And so I feel really bad for directors out there whose owners just leave them alone mm-hmm. because it's, it is such a hard job as it is. And it should be two separate jobs, mm-hmm. but in the United States, there's no criteria to own a childcare center, right. which is why I think uh, there's so many centers in crisis. Yes. Uh, I know I was listening to um, an interview with an owner in Ireland and they actually have to have criteria to own centers. They have to have degree, you know, they have to know the industry basically mm-hmm. So um, my business advisor has been helping me put programs together to help teach owners and directors how to be business people, basically, Mm -hmm. how they should be working together, or if you do both, how to separate those roles and what it should look like. So hopefully we can help more people out there not to feel that. I I feel that poor woman's desperation. I've been there. I literally had my children walk in on me while I was like, on the floor crying because Mm -hmm. I just didn't know what I was going to do. So I feel her pain. (laughs) So I think we will end it at that. And thank you so much for coming in. I think that was a great conversation. Uh, Do you have anything else you'd like to add before? Um, No, I'm just thankful that you invited me to be part of this. It's very exciting. I just think that the more we talk about like these real life issues, like we're not just talking about we're not just talking about children. Yes. That, that's our yes. end goal, right. right? But the more that we talk about how we can support our teachers and our directors Absolutely. and our small business, yep. our small business owners, I think that is something that we're just kind of missing the boat on. And so I, I just totally am agree. so glad yeah. that you yeah. invited me and this was really fun. And um, yeah, I'd be happy to do it again. And if anybody wants to contact me, they can just look me up on the... And I will put your contact information okay, in the show notes. So if anybody wants to contact Tiffany, you can go to the show notes uh, or you can go to my website at childcarebusinessprofessionals.com and I will uh, put Tiffany's contact information in there. Yeah. 
Okay, well, thank you, Tiffany. Welcome. Thank you. I really hope you guys enjoyed that interview. I have to say that this interview is really near and dear to my heart. I have done a couple more interviews that you guys will be hearing, but I think this one really resonated with me because of that story Tiffany told about the owner who pretty much had the uh, breakdown in front of her. And you guys, I have been that owner. I have been there. I've broken down in front of my staff. I just have felt that absolute desperation of just not knowing how I was going to pay my payroll, how I was going to pay my taxes, and knowing that my amazing staff deserves so much better than what I could give them. So if you're there, if you're a director that just knows that your center is facing that and you just feel totally overwhelmed, or if you're that owner who is just terrified because you don't know how you're going to pay the bills, please reach out to me. I That's really what my goal in all of this is, is if I can just help one person and save one center from shutting down, I will have achieved my goal. Also, I am going to be launching a program in January that will be tackling a lot of these issues. It's going to be about center management. So whether you're a director or an owner, this program is for you. I will be teaching on the lessons that my business advisor taught me that completely turned my business around. Like you heard me telling Tiffany, my center was at the point where my husband was injecting about $50,000 a year. And you guys, I kid you not, I was, uh, there were years that my center was making like a negative 80 to $90,000 a year. And now I am turning a profit and I'm doing so much better. Plus, like uh, in the last episode, I also have a five star quality center. So this is really something I want to help you out with. So check out my website, childcarebusinessprofessionals.com. And you can also find more information on my Facebook page, which is the Child Care Business Coach or Child Care Business Professionals. Uh, The Child Care Business Coach is my page that you can like. And I also have a group page, which is Child Care Business Professionals. You can also find me on Instagram under the Child Care Business Coach. And I will have my schedule of the classes that are coming up. And within the next week or so, I will be taking signups for those classes. So you can send me a message on Facebook or DM me on Instagram if you'd like more information. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining me. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and let me know what you thought of this episode in the comments. You can also tell me what subjects you would like me to address for future episodes. And one last thing, I would really appreciate a five-star review. Don't forget to check out all the great resources on my website, www.childcarebusinessprofessionals.com.